the place for you to learn all things you need about becoming the healthiest and best version of you possible. I'm your host, Michael Sack, and I'd love to welcome you to the It All Starts With You podcast, where ambitious people come to learn all about healthy habits, mindset, nutrition, and everything around becoming the best you. Boom. And today we have Nick Chapman. We connected her through social media. I had a bit of a stalk <laughs> through his uh, social media and I was like, this guy knows his stuff. He's got a wealth of knowledge in the nutrition space and I'm very, very excited for this. He's an endurance athlete, a bachelor's of science and nutrition, a master's in public health, a registered nutritionist and a cert three and cert four in fitness. Mick, welcome to It All Starts With You. Perfect. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. It's, um, yeah, it's always good to sit down and have a chat and try and, yeah, unpack some things around nutrition or, or um, I guess, yeah, some of my passions around, yeah, human performance. Beautiful. All right. Yeah, now that's really cool. So, Obviously, people will know who you are through social media, and that's about who is Nick? Who is he really? <laughs> um, I guess I was just a uh, just a country boy that grew up in Tamworth, New South Wales, and um, uh, as part of that, me and my brother just used to play every single sport under the sun. We used to play soccer, we did taekwondo, hockey, literally everything. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we just loved it. We loved being active and um, loved what that meant for our lifestyle and, um, I guess, then feeding into kind of where I've been through university and um, and through my own sporting stuff is is uh, I've just realised more and more how how beneficial movement is and, and, um, and, and how much it can give back to us. Um, not only in our lives, but uh, to to others around us in our lives. So um, I, I've just found that fascinating. And then also I kind of started that that space in, in nutrition because um, I, as I was kind of touching on before, one of my passions is human performance, so kind of what we're capable of doing. Um, mm -hmm. And whether that's us as a human race or whether that's me, myself personally. So um I enjoy that kind of quest of understanding where those limits are or whether we can push them a little bit more. And um, I guess in terms of a career for me, I, I thought early that nutrition was always going to be a space that could open up, um, that we all have a vested interest in nutrition at some point or another because we eat every single day. Um, so, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just... I don't know. It's it for me. I'd say it's been quite easy to um, transition from being a kid and being an active kid to now being a professional in um, in that nutrition space and in the public health space. And um, I just I really am fascinated by it, and I enjoy kind of going to work on all different settings each day. Yeah. What does the human performance look like to you, more specifically? It's like with your background, you're coming from an endurance background of someone that's in Olympic lifting will be very different. So I'm just curious to know what does, uh, what does that look like to you? 
Yeah, and uh, I guess that's that's the beauty of sport and performance is that everyone has everyone can have their own kind of World Cup, for lack of a better word, is mm. that, you know, everyone can be aiming for uh, a PB in a 5K. They can be aiming for, um, yeah, a personal record in their lifting. Like, it, it is fascinating all the different aspects of, of where we can um, where we can improve, I guess. And, and in saying that, that's why it's always so humbling is because you'll probably never be able to lift your heaviest at the same time that you can run your fastest 5K. Um, and, and you've just got to train your body to, to take on those demands depending on what your goals are. Um, yeah. but I guess for me, yeah, that, that is, that is kind of my area. I grew up um, doing triathlon and running, um, a lot of swimming as well. So, um, I enjoy that space. I enjoy being in, uh, kind of between that, between that line of comfortable and uncomfortable in a, in a long race and, um, and understanding, Understanding how my body responds to that is really, I find, uh, I find quite fascinating. Yeah, you get into the nooks and you get some more into the nooks and crannies of um, a human performance. Am I right? Having a bit of a background in the in the science, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess as I said, like growing up, I kind of just came from enjoying um, the challenge and enjoying competition um and and then as i grew grew older um yeah more more in that nutrition space there is just and there's so much that i still need to learn but um it's it's just something that just keeps on giving the more you the the more you dive into the research around things like um human performance and how food can um can influence that it's it's a fascinating space and it just kind of keeps on giving but uh yeah it's really it's it's one of those things where I guess it's the it's the overarching principles of, of certain things that really um, give back to the general public, and that's what I want to hope to do. And then it's about sitting down and unpacking what that means for for you personally. So um, there's always guidelines, but then it's all about how how you know how that works for you as a, as an athlete. So um, it, it's it's never it needs to be individualized. It you know each time. So and that's the beauty of it i guess what do you mean what do you mean by keeps on giving uh, obviously the nutrition space is this vast thing there's i'll say there's too much information at people's fingertips so one guy says one guy swears by veganism the other guy yeah. swears by the carnivore diet i saw that on on your social media i'm like oh this is like yeah. it's, it's brilliant so like so yeah, what is like? What do you mean by it keeps on giving? Yeah, I guess in regards to nutrition, uh, you can you can dive into different um, different spaces, and as long as you know what you're looking for, then you can dive down kind of the human physiology space or the food chemistry space or uh, food marketing space. It just keeps on giving all these little tiny aspects of, of you know when when you think about the the black and white of what it is. It's literally us putting food into our mouths. But in terms of what that opens up, um, you know, even psychology, things like that, where we we need to, uh, we've got 
you know, as you said, we've got so much information out there, but it's about understanding how to look for that information and making sure that we're not just grabbing the first thing that comes to us. Um, mm-hmm. Because in this day and age, as you said, um, you know, whether you're um, a, a vegan, a vegan or, or, or a carnivore or um, anywhere in between, someone will always find a study or a, uh, or a social media post that, that um, confirms their confirmation bias. So um, it's about looking at all the data and understanding where that sits rather than just grabbing something that, that um, agrees with how you, you view the world, I guess. So it's, it's yeah, it's fascinating. When someone is, um, when someone is trying to gather all of this information, or you say it's a matter of finding the finding of the right source or the right data, how like where is someone going to even start? Yeah, uh, that's a tricky question because, um, (laughs) you know, we we say for the most part, social media probably isn't a great place to understand um, understand information. And uh, I guess the way that you've curated your own kind of social media or, you know, Instagram or Facebook account is the fact that you follow people that are like-minded, which means that they're probably going to give information that fits with kind of the way that you think. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes your thought process needs to be challenged a little bit. So we have that critical thinking to go, um, I actually didn't think that. And now, you know, I'm thinking in a different way because of that. But, um, in regards to where we get our information, I wouldn't necessarily say that people need to go to, you know, Google scholar to understand, um, you know, randomized control trials or, or systematic reviews, they are tough to read and understand. And it's not just about reading the abstract and in the front of it and going, yep, I've got everything in that in that piece of paper. So, and some people I would say um, in regards to the skills necessary for that, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky to unpack what methodology they used and, and um, what results they had or what, what conflicting yeah. evidence they had in that. So it's, it's hard to grab one sentence from a research paper. So I'd say, it's the same as anything, right? If, if you've got more questions, say if I had more questions about my car making a funny noise, I'm not going to just Google it and say, oh, you know, I hope that I can take that thing out of my car and it stop make, stops making the noise. You, you go to a mechanic. So yeah. I'd say probably the best place to start is, is, is a qualified um, or registered nutritionist or dietitian um, if you do have more questions. And, and especially if you have, you know, some things that are quite... Um, a uh, little bit deeper in regards to potentially psychological or any kind of um, uh, gastrointestinal stuff as well. So um, it, it's about seeking out the right information because you can't you can't answer every single question from Google or social media. <laughs> no, um, I attended a workshop. I want to say about two years ago, maybe a bit before that, and within the workshop that was a whole variety of uh, different speakers. And this one guy, he's been in the food and psychology space for a, bun- for a bunch of years. And his talk was very technical and getting into the nooks and crannies. But he was uh, able to draw a connection between mental health and food. Mm. And it blows my mind to think of that people are, are ignoring this connection. I'm like, how can you, I was like, 
It's like, a, how can you disregard one to the other? They're going to put food in you, your belly, your body's going to react, and then it's going to shoot back up to your brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, it's really interesting. I think in the, next, in the next five or 10 years, the research space in nutrition will focus a lot on gut health. And you can, you hear at this point in time, you hear a lot of people throw gut health around. Um, there's, it's still in its early stages of research. So, um, you know, if you hear someone say that um, healing your gut health and, you know, it'll stop cancer, like it's really tricky to, to unpack that sentence and, and to prove that sentence as well. So um, there is a lot of research in the, in the, um, uh, gut health space and yeah. one of those is is the interaction between our gut microbiome and our brain and i i find it fascinating and there probably isn't enough research but um, i'm really keen to understand what that looks like in the next five or ten years i'm so happy i'm so happy that you brought this up what does um when when you think of gut and micro like a gut health and more specifically, intermittent fasting. What are your What are your thoughts? Because I, I'm a fan of intermittent of intermittent fasting. However, way you do it, it's amazing. Some people love it. Some people don't. But I'm always curious to hear someone else's opinion on it. Yeah, um, there's a few different ways to unpack that because that's a question specifically for um, gut health, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, I'd say in regards to intermittent fasting, it's got its uh, it's got its research or it's got its legs, or the, the 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 main part of intermittent fasting is a great way to reduce the caloric window of what we take in. So, um, in regards to weight loss uh, or, or weight maintenance, it's it's a really good way of. Um, and then the reason that I that I like intermittent fasting, if someone's going to go down that route, is the fact that for instance, if you have dinner at 7 p.m. and then your intermittent fasting window finishes at 8 o'clock, um, you know you're you're probably not going to eat a whole packet of Tim Tams after dinner. You're not gonna you're not gonna eat the tub of ice cream, right? And 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 that is just about um, um, understanding control and consumption, mm. right? Whether you do that and call it intermittent fasting, or whether someone has the um, kind of the the control to not to not do that. However, you get to from point A to point B, um, it's it's still a win, right? So so I actually really enjoy um, certain parts of of a diet, but without calling them a diet, if that makes sense. So the concepts yeah. of what makes them work um, it is the underpinning thing that you want to as a, as a nutritionist or a dietitian, you want to give people these tools. And then go. You don't necessarily need to call it anything for it to be successful, right? So, um, I like that. Yeah, you could take that for any any single diet. Like I could unpack each diet and say these are the pros, these are the cons, and um, and try to do that in your day to day life and call it a lifestyle mm. rather than go. Oh, I'm on this diet for two weeks. It's really restrictive and. I increased my vegetable consumption, but it's like, why don't you just try to do one or two veggies a week and and make it go for 12 weeks or the rest of your life? Like, um, I'd prefer small changes that that are sustainable, um, and that's what I hopefully create with people with their lifestyle. 
I want to um, I want to throw something in there. It's the verbiage that we put around us and the things that so for I don't know how long. I always called everyone who knows it as a cheat meal, and then I heard of this one guy online, and he said it's not a cheat meal; it's a relaxed meal. I'm like, yeah, yeah you exactly. changed one word, and it changed the entire psychology. Yeah. It's and it's all also. A diet is this quick fix. We yeah. are, it's, it, the whole purpose of food is so that it's going to be this lifelong journey. Yeah. We're food in our bodies, so we're, we're fueling ourselves towards our goal or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so with a going, a going back to the intermittent fasting, are you, you talked you talked about that about it's like what's the what are the pros more specifically in intermittent fasting and gut health? Yeah, I, I guess in terms of the where the research sits at the moment, it's um, it can be a good tool for for weight loss. Um, there there has been some things thrown around in regards to resetting our gut and. Um, uh, yeah, the, the understanding that we, we give our digestion a bit of a break. Um, uh, it's not that, that space there. And, and I guess so in regards to any research or, or any piece of information, right, and um, you, can, you can take many examples from this, that a lot of things are based in truth and then it'll take like a couple of people, potentially social media influencers or whatever, to, to completely drag that out and go, well, this is the one kind of truth about that part. And then we've dragged it out completely. And, and now it means something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other space that, uh, and, and it's not untrue, that there, there are studies in regards to longevity with intermittent fasting. But the biggest caveat with that is the fact that, um, the, the studies that were done for intermittent fasting were actually on fruit flies and they lasted an extra day of their 14-day life, right? So um, we're, we, aren't, we aren't animals. We aren't a Petri dish in a lab. So there's a lot of things that can be done in animal studies mm-hmm. that have not translated to humans at this point in time. And um, the, the longevity or living a longer life for intermittent fasting is probably one of those that sits there. I'd like to see more research in it and I'd like to see that work in the human space potentially. But at this point in time, there, um, there there's like a couple of animal studies that are really kind of clutching at straws, I'd say, for that space. So I'd come back to the fact that um, the, the weight loss tool um, in regards to reducing a calorie window is really uh, an important part of the intermittent fasting. A lot. More, specific, more specifically for for as an endurance athlete, obviously your calories need to be a lot higher, especially when you're leading it into a major triathlon. Each triathlon is fucking long already. But it's <laughs> like when someone is preparing to go for a try for a triathlon, what's their like what's the what's the daily food intake uh, look uh, looking like how are you pacing it or what are you doing with it yeah 
Yeah, uh, that's a really interesting question. It's um, And I guess it comes back down to what I was saying before where there's overarching guidelines and then you need to personalise it for yourself. So it's kind of, I always use it as an analogy between the art versus science, right? So the science sits there and says you should roughly consume X amount before you go, you know, into a race. The, the, the art of that is saying, well, that doesn't quite work for me or those levels are too high or too low. I need to consume more or less or, or different foods. I need to understand what different foods are. Um, a really simple way of coming into something like a triathlon or an endurance event is, is pretty much you want to be making sure you're topped up on everything. Um, there's research suggesting that kind of a, a carbohydrate loading window um, can start anywhere from 72 hours before a race. So it's not just a lot of people go, oh, well, I'll eat my um, spaghetti bolognese the night before and I'll be fine. But you can actually start to, um, in, in race week, you can start to load up a little bit more throughout. Um, and that's quality carbs. It's not just throwing everything, you know, um, you know, for instance, a donut. There's, there's a lot of kind of um, saturated fat in there as well. So we, we kind of, when we look at food, we think oh, a carbohydrate is a pizza, a carbohydrate is a donut. It's not, the, it's not the case. A carbohydrate is just a macronutrient as part of that food. So, for instance, when we try and say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to quit carbohydrates, what's the first thing you get rid of? You go, oh, no more chips, no more donuts, no more chocolate. I'm like, well, there's there's why your diet works. And, and that comes back to the point I was saying before. There's The reason that certain things work is because they've got this underlying principle that, that runs through them. And for something like reducing carbs um, and losing weight because of it, the reason that that works is because, um, you know, you've probably gotten rid of all the processed food that you've been eating in the last however many years. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, coming come back to the... Um, uh, yeah, topping up before an endurance event, it's probably to do with um, making sure all those levels are quite high. And, and what I'd say there is, and especially for me, understanding the background of it as well as putting it into practice is, um, yeah, making sure I've got good quality food that week, um, that, that I'm drinking water regularly throughout that week and especially mm-hmm. the night before that I'm well hydrated as well as having, um, yeah, top-ups of electrolytes, um, um, especially in the two days two days prior. And another thing that we often overlook is, is sleep. So um, a trick that I do is I, I try and make sure that three, three nights out and two nights out I have really good sleep because, as most people know, if, they're, if it's a big race and they get a little bit nervous, they may lose it. You know, in terms of quality of sleep, you may lose a little bit out. So making sure the night before was pretty good so that you give yourself the best chance for a race day. That's um, complete, uh, completely different, but I've competed a couple of times here in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and always the night before. I was so freaking nervous. It's yeah. unbelievable. So that sleep is absolutely, is absolutely paramount. Yeah. Then how do you, you're, you're coaching as someone, how are you helping them more specifically with their sleep? There's a ton of, there's a ton of study. There's a ton of science. How are you helping them more specifically with their sleep? Yeah, um, I guess for me, and and this is um, something that I hope that more people do more often, um, especially in the professional space, is that for me, um, I've got a kind of overarching um, understanding of, of health, and then my 
my um, specialties, I'd say, is both public health, understand, you know, giving the population the best piece of advice, as well as um, nutrition and performance. So they're my two kind of niches. So mm-hmm. in regards to sleep, I'd say that I would probably um, either give generic advice or I'd refer someone on if they started to ask more questions. And I hope that that's something that a lot of other professionals do is to refer on when, when mm-hmm. um, because I think this day and age, even if people aren't a professional in, in the health space, is you're allowed to say, I don't know, or um, I'm going to refer you on. And I think we're really bad at, at, at doing that. Um, and, and if we did that more, then we would be able to go, oh, well, you know, on the social media post when someone comments underneath it and then um, instead of saying, you know, putting some piece of strange information out there, say, I actually, I actually don't know. Um, here's my mate who's a, a, a practising dietitian or a, or a sleep specialist, for instance. So, um for me, um, yeah, coming back to the nutrition and sleep space, I just say making sure that you um, you're you're eating probably at least an hour or two hours before you go to bed um, really 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 helps. Um, making sure that you've um, yeah you've kind of planned your meal around when you're going to go to bed. Um, that that's the only place that I would that I would start, and I guess just some basics in regards to making sure that you know screens aren't um, in your face up until five minutes before you're going to sleep if you've got a race the next day, things like that. So um, I'd say yeah, generic advice is is good if you're not in that space. As soon as it starts to get more specific, um, that's when you can refer on, and and people need to do that more often. I think um, we. I was, I was working with this one girl, she was uh, overseas, and I was obviously here in Australia. And she had a whole history of medical issues. I'm not going to go into yeah. it. But she was asking me nutritional advice, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I mm. can't help you with that. What I can help you with it is the lifestyle habits, and I can help you with the with the training, the training was yeah. limited for this and that or whatever, but I was still that able to, I was still that able to help. I think with fitness professionals, so we are like, for lack of a better term, we're thinking in the scarcity mindset. If we're going to send someone off, they're like, oh my God, what if they don't come back? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, obviously we need to, if we send them an offer to someone else that's a professional, we're still going to improve their overall life. Yeah, exactly. And and you've got to have the, I guess, the confidence in where you sit in your um, specialty to go, um, I'm happy to send that person away for something that's unrelated, right? So say for me, sleep, to go, okay, if that's really, if you've got some burning questions around that, here's this referral um go and see them and and i guess if you're confident enough in what you do it's either yeah one outcome is that you're going to improve that person's life and and secondly if they want more nutrition questions or or health questions they're going to come back and Mm. if they don't then there's going to be other people that come along so um that's why i kind of started the journey down the nutrition space is because the the amount of information that i've kind of gathered over the course of since I graduated in uh what year 2012 um it's it's um I I I was 
I had this thing where I, I thought it was all kind of assumed knowledge. I was like, oh, people know people know that carbs aren't bad, that um, it's the processed part of those and it's not necessarily always the case. So I was like, oh, well, I want to try and improve people's lives and um, it's, uh, yeah, if people, are, if people are making sustainable changes and they, you know, think about something that I said 12 months, 24 months, like when they've got kids, that they're, they're, they're doing something that I have kind of helped them along with. That's a huge win for me. And um, that's the reason that I got into that space. Yeah. Where do you see, where do you see the nutritional heading? Um, where do I see it heading? Good, good question. Mm. I think... I think where, I, where I'd like it to head is, is to make sure that things are regulated um, because there's a big wide world out there and uh, there's a lot of people giving nutrition information and um, for a lot of them they're just picking up on stuff that they've done and um, which is great for them, right, but it, just because something has worked for you or for me um, doesn't necessarily give me the professional qualities to actually then advise on it. Um, so a little bit of regulation around um, around nutrition would would be great. Um, but in regards to where nutrition's heading, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think what I touched on before, gut gut health has a lot of space where it needs to be researched. Um, and there's probably a lot that we don't know that probably in 10 years' time we'll be talking about, oh, this study or that study where, yeah. you know, um, they, they – and it, I would say that nutrition nutrition is a really muddy science, if that makes sense. It's really mm-hmm. difficult because of all the other lifestyle factors which are called um, confounding variables, right? So it's hard for me to give you blueberries and say eat blueberries until you die and either those blueberries made you live longer or they made you die earlier. Yeah, there's so much else, right? Your your fitness level, how active you were as an, as an um, elderly person, like there is so much that goes into that. So it's really tricky to prove um, um, intake of A leads to outcome B. They have done it for a lot of things, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky space. Nutrition is a muddy space, but it doesn't mean that it, it can be oversimplified and, and um you know, everything causes everything or everything fixes everything. So I was, I was just about to ask, do you think that there's a way to, simpli- to simplify it? I mean, in my thinking, my, my, this is also based on my understanding and my understanding is a very, is a very simplified, but obviously I know what I know and I don't know what I do. Yeah. Do yeah. you think at any stage it can, it can be simplified to, like general uh, to say yeah. general population or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I actually really, I really hope that it does because um, the more simplified messaging that we give the general population, the, the less likely they are to be confused by misinformation um, that, is, that is circling around. Um, so I do think that um, simple messages are, are really good in the nutrition space, in any space really, for people to understand um, how they can implement that in their own lives. Mm. Um, the only caveat there with nutrition is that that sometimes by sometimes oversimplifying certain topics, 
we can potentially do more damage than good, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so by saying um, certain uh, kind of nutritional deficiencies or, or, or gut, gut issues or autoimmune, autoimmune um, issues, by saying, oh, just eat fruit or just make sure you eat clean, it doesn't help those people. And, and that's, that's the space that becomes quite damaging on in that social media world where, um, and it's in, it's called ableism where it's like, well, I just eat, um, I just eat fruit and vegetables. So why can't everyone? And it's like, well, some people have actual issues with the way that they digest things. So we can't just say this oversimplified version of, of what we do. Um, so yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think simplifying a lot of nutrition messages to get out to the wider population is really, really useful. Um, but we just need to make sure that we're not oversimplifying it for the people with certain um, illnesses. Being very specific, uh, I mean, it's you, we're seeing more and more docos um, are coming out on Netflix, on YouTube, or this or that, or whatever. And I could list out a bunch, but it's it's slipping my mind at the moment. But they swear by the carnivore diet. They swear by the, the veganism. And it's like, yeah. well, okay, great. This is working for you. But it doesn't but it doesn't mean that it's going to be a one size one size fits all. And yeah. if we look into the person that is releasing of that doco mm. they've got a bias and it's not a matter of pushing your agenda it's a matter of hey here's some information do what you will with it yeah um yeah and my girlfriend hates watching those nutrition documentaries because <laughs> <I'll, laughs> i'll pause it and i'll go this but, you know, this is what's wrong with that sentence, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, it takes us, you know, it takes us three hours to watch an hour documentary on, on food. But um, And they, they annoy me. And I would say that um, nutrition documentaries, again, are not a good space for um, understanding the research. And as you, as you pointed to, um, they, they, some of them do have some sort of bias, whether that's some sort of industry influence or whether they um, whether they they're just trying to Hollywood up the whole nutrition space. Um, yeah. As we we're just talking about, nutrition is can be quite simple, and we 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 overcomplicate things here and there. And and with a nutrition documentary, this is a perfect example, right? That um, you know, I forget which one came out that a couple of years ago the game changer yeah yeah i think it was game changer where you know after that you, you just see the the language start to change with people that they're like oh, i'm now plant-based and it's yeah. like but i'm like it, that's great it's great that you the majority of your food are coming from you know um coming from plants but for for years as a kid like growing up the, the, the rhetoric has always been eat your veggies, eat your veggies, eat your veggies. And then suddenly this nutrition uh, documentary comes out and everyone's like, oh, well, I'm plant-based now. It's like, whatever. <laughs> However it works though, right? If that, if that makes people eat more vegetables, that's, that's a good outcome. And that, that's a win for me. But yeah, to pick it, to pick, you know, to, to cherry pick certain athletes and go, this athlete is good because of their, their intake. We, we, we haven't looked at their training load. We haven't looked at how good they are in, in, this, in the other space, what races they've run. 
Um, you know, you could you could do that for you could literally do a documentary for the reverse effect of someone doing the complete opposite potentially. So you can always cherry pick one athlete that's going to be very good in their sport um, at lifting, at at running. Um, and and I'm not I'm not discounting um, vegetables in our diet, but again, it's too we can't oversimplify that because there's a thing called reduced energy deficiency in sport, which is called REDS. Um, that that is the that is the counter argument to having, you know, if if everyone just goes, oh, I'm dropping everything but fruit and veggies, um, the the energy content in our in our vegetables aren't that high. Um, the nutrient content is, yeah. but if we're running an endurance event and we've just just we have no focus on the energy intake, um, there's a potential for reds to set in, um, which is reduced energy deficiency. So. We, we need to balance out all these things. And, and that's the thing that, that, that um, nutrition documentaries do not do. Let's sensationalise this whole aspect of eating and make sure that people go away with the message that um, this is the only way to do things. And it's not. It's not. Every, yeah. every person is different and they're going to react in a, in a very different way. There's, there, was, there was this one... As of our athlete, um, I'm, I'm not going to share his. I'm not going to share his name, but he swears by. He swears by land based, and he talks. He talks about it and this and that. And he's an MMA fighter, and people have thought. And people have thought, oh, he's he's a he's a machine. He's fighting at the top of the top because of it's yeah. The, if you're stepping into the cage, yeah, there's so many variables that are yeah. being thrown into it. People, people that just get this tunnel vision. It's like, yeah, we have to go plant based on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's what that, that's what I was talking about before, where um, nutrition is a muddy science. To 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 um, to put two things together. Um, and, and this is the difference between correlation and causation, right? So mm -hmm. correlation is, is seeing two things at the same time and going, they cause each other. Um, a really good example is saying that ice cream leads to um, sunburn and you, and you go, hang on, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But it's the same concept, right? Because when we eat ice creams more often, it's when the sun's out in summer. And when the sun's out in summer, we get sunburn. So the, the difference between correlation, two things happening at the same time, and causation, which is the sun, um, that's what we need to try and unpack. And people are really quick to go, oh, well, I've seen that he's plant-based and I've seen that he's really good. You know, it may add to some part of his overall um, winning or, or fighting or whatever, but the guy probably trains the house down as well, you know, and there's so many variables to that you can't say that you know by being by being plant-based i can just step into that octagon <laughs> i'm not going to do that <laughs> well <I'm>, <laughs> i i like i like how my face looks i don't want to i don't <laughs> yeah, want to exactly. keep it that way as long as human possible <laughs> yeah and you're talking about uh, the nervous sleep the night before i think i'd be a little bit more nervous going into a um a BJJ fight than just going for a 10k run the next day. <laughs> one's very, one's very different to the, yeah. one's very different to the other. Um, with 
all uh, with all of that being said, I know nutrition is a very is very is a very specific. But if someone is looking is starting to is starting to look to change um, their diet to be it to bulk up or lose weight, where would be where would it be a good where would be a good starting point to go? Be yeah. it internet, be it their GP, be it what? Yeah, I'd say there's a few different there's a few different um, tools um, to to kind of look at, and um, I'd say firstly, firstly as an individual is to is to start to understand what we consume. Um, as I said, with unpacking certain parts of a diet, and I never enjoy what a diet is. But um, the good thing about a diet is the fact that we're conscious about what we put in our mouth. Mm. If we, if some people are not on the on not on a diet, they go, you go, oh, what what did you have for lunch or what was for breakfast? And they go, I've got no idea. How what was your portion sizes? No idea. So it's about just being conscious yourself about what's what's happening. It, whether it's good, whether it's whether it's bad, it, it doesn't matter. Trying to understand to go, oh, okay, well. Um, rather than focusing on the whole diet to say my whole diet is wrong, I've, you know, I've just got to reinvent the wheel with my diet, it's, yeah. it's about understanding your consumption patterns and then going, hang on, well, it probably is only, um, you know, after dinner that's really letting me down or my snacking throughout the day that's really letting me down and, and narrowing the chance that you go, okay, well, I only need to kind of focus a little bit more on that section and see if we get some results that way. So firstly is to understand your consumption patterns, whether that's just just consciously or or, or tracking it through an app. Um, I was going to say, sorry, I was going to say like a food journal. Yeah, yeah. So food journal, like writing it down is probably even better than putting it in an app because, um, you know, there's a potential that we're not entering it incorrectly or that it's counting the calories a little bit incorrectly. So um, um, they, they are useful, uh, but we don't have to do that um, as well. That's the first. That's the first place to just for a couple of days try and understand your conscious um, what, what what's happening around your eating, and it's not just the food intake. It's distractions. It's kind of time of day. It's um, you know what's happening around your meals or around your intake that is also contributing to your intake. Um, that's the first thing, and 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 making sure that if you've got questions, you're asking the right people. So a registered nutritionist or an, uh, uh, a practicing dietitian, so an APD or a registered nutritionist. So in regards to that hierarchy, my hierarchy is actually lower than uh, an APD, which is, a, which is a dietitian. So if you've got some really um, serious concerns or, or health concerns, a dietitian is the person to go to, probably even before you uh, GP if you know it's food-related or it's uh, the psychology around food, go to a um, go to a dietitian. If it's more to do with um, that weight loss or understanding where that all comes from, um, a registered nutritionist is, is, is a good place to go as well. Um, making sure they're registered and asking them for that. Don't just go onto social media of someone that's quite fit looking and say, oh, well, you do this. Um, what, what works for you? And again, that's that that's that space that gets really tricky because then someone that doesn't have that background is then giving advice to someone who's looking for advice, um, but it's only worked for them so far. So it's anecdotal. They don't have the 
that background, that research, that that um, those those you know the studies for four or five years, and you don't necessarily need um, a nutrition degree to um, understand nutrition. But in order to give advice on it, that's that's a really tricky spot because um, uh, yeah, there, there's some there's some nuances to nutrition where we we can potentially do harm if we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, a bit going into personal training, having that understanding slash degree in nutrition and public health and all of that is definitely um, just amazing the tools and assets and knowledge of how to ultimately optimize somebody's somebody's life yeah yeah um and understanding as, as a pt like i like i used to be a pt for quite some time and yeah. um rather than trying to separate those two worlds where like oh well you can't do this or you can do this um i'm, I'm actually currently working on some some courses um for cec points which is for pts and exercise physiologists and people coming through that those chains to cool. to help them understand what nutrition they can advise on and there's still so much they can advise on and, and it's centered around the Australian guide to healthy eating, but yeah. um, understanding the scope of practice there. Um, and there's still a lot to unpack in that space as, as a, as a PT or as someone that's helping people on their, on their health journey. If we can upskill PTs to understand, you know, basic nutrition principles um, that that's a space that I'd really love to be in because I've seen it firsthand when you go, Oh man, like, why are you giving that advice? Like just because you've heard it before and everyone else is talking about it doesn't mean that this works for this person. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully we can kind of try and mend those worlds where, you know, there's different people in different spaces giving overall health advice to people and their, their hearts are in the right place. But it's about um, giving them a leg up in that nutrition space to say that, yeah, we're all in this together and if you're giving them that advice, which is good, um, we're all working together to make sure that people live healthier lives. Sure. Um, I, I've gotten this, I've only been in the industry for about two years now. And the amount of people that have uh, asked me about nutritional advice, or it's like this, that, or whatever, it's like, hey, I can tell you about this using, using what I know. Mm. And that but i can't write you i can't write you like supplementation and this and that whatever and i'm a massive fan of supplementation but it's like if someone has a heart issue i'm not going to i'm not going to give them um i'm not going to tell them hey take this pre-workout take this bcaa so you have no fucking idea what's yeah 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 exactly um, and it's, it's a tricky space, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think the more, the more PTs that, that can understand the, the kind of nuances of, of nutrition and where their scope of practice kind of finishes, it's, um, it, it can be a really useful space because PTs would, would see, um, you know, potentially more people than, than some nutritionists or, or dietitians would on, on any given day. I know for me personally, they, they would. I, I see people probably 
I probably see about five people a week. So a PT would definitely see more people than me. So if I can upskill um, certain PTs in that space, um, then then that's that's a huge win for me because I used to be in that that position and I know what those questions. It's literally like oh, during warm up they say, oh, what about this? And like you know, knowing what I know now, you kind of look back and go, oh fuck, like. Those, those questions were so deeply entrenched in like the psychology around food and understanding the nuance of, 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 of consumption and um, they're really hard to answer in a gym setting where you're like, oh, like I've only got two minutes before we actually start our set. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting space, but I, I think it's, it's about merging those two worlds to, you know, that nutrition and, and health are, all, all one thing and understanding to go, oh, hang on, that's it's a bit too much for me. And and as I said before, like as a PT or as, as anything, really, anything in this world, we have the ability to say, I actually, I'm not sure, let me get back to you on that one or I'll find someone that can answer that question. Exactly. Okay, so wrapping up, I asked all my guests this one question and it's always a very interesting, very interesting answer. If you could... If you could go back to your 18-year-old self and give him 10 seconds of advice, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. And that's kind of touching on exactly what we were speaking about because 18 was when I um, I literally finished school and started doing my um, personal training certificate. Mm. Um, I'd probably say to myself, keep working hard. It'll pay off in the end. I like that. Yeah. Where can people find you? Um, probably the easiest space is, um, um, Chapo health and nutrition, which is, which is my website. Um, if, yeah, I've got a few articles up there and, and, um, I guess if you've got more inquiries and jump through there or, um, alternatively social media as well, um, at Chapo, C-H-A-P-P dot O, I think it is. Um, yeah, feel free to start a conversation. And as I said, I'm, I'm, I've kind of started in this space as to try and help people out with their lifestyles. So um, by having these chats with yourself or, or, you know, opening up to someone who's, who's got specific um, weight loss goals or things like that, it's, um, I just love, I enjoy that space. I really enjoy um, unpacking what that means to people. So um, yeah, feel free to jump on and have a conversation. Beautiful. Nick, thank you so much. This was super, super fascinating. I really, really enjoyed it. And I hope you did too. And yeah. All right. Perfect. Thanks, mate. Cheers. See you later. everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Would mean the world to me if you left a five-star written review and subscribe so we can all make a bigger impact together.